Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi there and welcome to episode 102 of the ADHD Adults Podcast. I'm James Brown, biologically male, last time I checked, and as usual, I'm joined by half-man, half-police training video, Dr. Alex Connor, who exhibits, you know, some elements of maleness, and Mrs. ADHD, who, while the name gives it away, is definitely a man. Alex, (laughs) hi. What the hell? (laughs) <laughs> the problem is i wrote in the script do a deep voice and pretend to be a man and it's made me laugh and i lost confidence <laughs> i was gonna say hey i like cars and sports and that yeah you're not you're not fooling anybody and mrs adhd hi hello short and sweet as always how are you both sam first i'm good thanks yeah really really busy but all good Wow. Having a great time. Yeah. Welcome to the All or Nothing show. Next week, Sam will be in absolute peril and everything's terrible <laughs> as she catastrophizes. And Alex, he asks wearily, how are you? I am excellent. Thank you, James. Yeah. Uh, after um I'm doing some sports things here. After ooh. after knocking off our 100 that we did at a Jeffrey Boycott pace <laughs> of podcasts, we are now eyeing the big 150 at Daddy 100. Trying not to be run out by the Ian Botham that is, you know, people losing interest in us and getting bored. Yeah, I don't know. I'm at my depth. Listener numbers are still very high, according to our tech guy, Metric (laughs) Steve. I don't know who it is, which, as usual, baffles us. I mean, well, Sammy's baffled anyway, but it baffles James and me. And one of them sent us a letter. I call bullshit on that one. (laughs) That's right, James. It's from Robert from Kidderminster. In a way. I listened to your special question and answer episodes to celebrate 100 episodes of what is essentially a self-published ego show. And I wondered why nobody asked the question, why hasn't James tried a hairbrush? Great question, Robert. Thank you. I think it's because mirrors don't work very well for him. I mean, they obviously obviously don't. I own one, as you can now see, if you're looking on YouTube. Hairbrush, not a mirror. But I do not. Use, of course, I don't. Well, I may own I may own mirrors, but I avoid them obviously. But I don't use it. This this is just always like this. I mean, it, I wake up and it's and it's like it. We, we've had a real letter. Can I read it out? No. Oh, no. I don't know if we've got permission to read this, so I'm not going to say uh, the probably name. not. Maybe yeah. say the first name. No, I don't know. Well, the problem That's... is it's very idiosyncratic, so I'm not going. Bad to. Boat, yeah, yeah. Okay then. And it uh, it says, hey. Hi. My sister recommended your <laughs> podcast. I was diagnosed with ADHD three years ago, I think, which I respect, at 44 after decades of feeling like an absolute freak. I have to admit, I didn't think I would bother listening to podcasts as I found anything on ADHD so boring until I found you both, Sam. I now can pronounce amphetamine. <laughs> I have listened to all of the podcasts and I've learned so much as well as literally pissing myself laughing. 
I just wanted you both to know how good I've felt about myself since I found this podcast, especially as you both have done so well academically, or one of us has. It was interesting, <laughs> as one of you said, you happened to be in the right place to get a PhD, Wolverhampton Town Centre. Yeah. I am doing a master's and feel I've winged my entire career in studies. Thank you both from the both. bottom of my heart. Heart. Just to, <clears throat> just to clarify there, Alex, I did notice while I was, I mean, I wasn't listening much because it was your voice, but it, it, you, you, you're letting the listener get away with literally pissing myself, which obviously <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, Alex has put something in the script. But I use one dangling gerund and I never hear the end of it. Oh, you've gone for a hard G. Oh, is, is it Gerard? A dangle? I don't know. I don't eat. I knew he'd fucking put a dangling Gerard. I think we all know. It's, it's worth looking up. It's interesting. I mean, is there's like, a ding in uh, there? It's like, um, it's like, um, oh, sweating God, profusely. Yeah. Sweating profusely. James didn't like the look of that jogger. And it's it's what? it's a sentence. It's a sentence where it's confusing whether it's James or the jogger that's sweating. Welcome oh. to um, Boring Grammar with Dr. Alex Connor. <laughs> Internationally, James, great question. <laughs> we are <laughs> we are up by one country to one hundred and fifty-three wow. countries. Sam, what are the chances? I think Zero. you know no, what they are. None. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know what they are. James recently texted me from his holiday, and I shit you not, where he was analysing podcast <laughs> metrics in Ibiza to, to tell me. I've changed. You, are, you, are, you haven't, James. You've unmasked. But he genuinely did do this to tell me we are the number one mental health podcast in Antigua and Barbuda, even above Ice T's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So we'd like to say a hearty, and I've got to say hospital pass for this one, James. Thank you. Oh, God. Manning outings to, <laughs> I'm getting cancelled, to probably just a couple who visited Antigua or Barbuda and accidentally <laughs> chose our podcast instead of a playlist of greatest Calypso hits while having their hair inadvisedly braided on the beach. <laughs> Oh, that was a good one for once, that was. I'm glad I uh, forced you to do it. Anyway, as usual, uh, this user Lasterplast plaster floating in the ice-cold Ruka bath of a swimming pool of a podcast is a tragedy in three parts. We choose a theme. Last week, we selfishly celebrated reading 100 episodes by answering questions from our loyal and probably very bored with Alex listeners. And this week, we're talking about how ADHD presents in men and women and Draculas, apparently, it says in the script. Thanks, Al. <laughs> As usual, the three parts of this dog Todd cast include Alex the Psycho <laughs> Education Monkey Hello. droning on about the evidence-based psychoeducation behind this, our collective personal reflections on how ADHD presents in us as men and a woman, um, and how was it, it was diagnosed, and finally some top tips for being a man or woman. <laughs> anyway, so Alex, you've met a, a woman, I presume. Uh, tell us about ADHD in men and women. You know I am actually married, James. And you, <laughs> I have been friends with my actual wife for many, many years. It's amazing to me. <sighs> right, okay. Whilst the diagnostic process definitely means that men and women are treated differently, there are some documented, some, sometimes very subtle differences in how, on average, our ADHD presents. Like? <laughs> 
give me a chance, Sam. Come on, turn him into James. <laughs> I think this is one that our listeners might be more familiar with because there's a lot of it around on the internet and so on. When we are young, boys with ADHD, usually but not always, show more externalized symptoms, running about, being impulsive, for whatever reason. Girls with ADHD, on the other hand, typically, but not always, I'm going to be sick of saying that, show mm -hmm. more internalized symptoms. This is partly why there is a myth about ADHD being a disorder of naughty young schoolboys. That and the fact that the tests were designed using boys and the massive, massive systemic lack of understanding of what ADHD fucking actually is. <laughs> we have to say the numerous issues and valid issues have been raised about the appropriateness of the criteria for diagnosing females, DSM criteria and, and the others. As a group, females have lower levels of inattention on average and hyperactivity on the rating scales than males. Also, concerns have been raised that because the DSM criteria appear to be more appropriate for males than for females, females who have significant difficulties with attention are often being misdiagnosed with other things. Mm. I'm just quickly going to say that we're using the word females and males so much, I feel like an incel on Twitter. Mm. But we're doing it advisedly. How you identify is the most important thing to us as individuals and a charity. Mm -hmm. And we're using the term because papers describe, sometimes it's self-identification, sometimes it's biological sex. So we're using it because we can't distinguish every single different one mm -hmm. at the moment. Um, right, back to what I was saying. Specifically, because women who have inattentive ADHD tend to report low levels of attentiveness, they may be diagnosed with dysthymia or chronic low mood. Whereas women who have combined type ADHD and display these high energy levels, impulsivity, verbal aggression, they may be more likely to be misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder. Uh. The result of misdiagnoses can result in females receiving, obviously, inappropriate treatment. For once, that's interesting. And actually... Frustratingly, you started with ADHD, so I don't get to ask my usual question. So, what about um, what about after diagnosis penis chops? <laughs> penis chop, penis chops was my father. Call me <laughs> pee, I don't know. Well, great question, James. Now, ADHD inattentive type is more, and this is a generalisation klaxon, big klaxon. ADHD inattentive type is more characteristic of females. Whereas ADHD high, <laughs> which I call it, ADHD high, HI, that's uh, hyperactivity in uh, impulsivity, is more prevalent in males. Symptoms of ADHD, I, I, mm -hmm. more characteristic of females, again, are often reflected in mood or emotional dysregulation. Again, often leading to misdiagnosis with internalizing disorders like mood anxiety disorders. When a misdiagnosis is made, this in turn often leads to inadequate postponed treatment, worse academic outcomes in young women, etc., etc. Apart from academic impairments, there's problems in psychosocial functioning in girls and women with ADHD. These have been reported again and again. So it sounds like a bit of a shit show. What about what yeah. about the other stuff, the kind of coexisting shit that comes with ADHD? Another yeah, good question. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's exactly a great question. So whenever you're talking about any illness like this, you have to, there's a, a, a single word, which I like, which is psychosocial biology. And, and, and loosely, 
you've got the psychology that's like your your behavior your mental behavior you've got the social side of things like stigmas and how you feel in society and how society feels about you how you behave in society and the literal biology how your brain is different and how drugs work and all every time you're talking about depression or or anxiety or anything like that you think you think what are the psychosocial biological implications because they're all Mm -hmm. different and right. all super linked is a really, really, really good question. It is. It is. Can, can we answer? My, yeah, I was about to say, can we yes, answer my sorry. question? Maybe. I can't understand it uh, that he asked a good question. That's the bit that's absolutely <laughs> thrown me. But then blind squirrels sometimes pick up nuts, don't they? So maybe it was they that. Do. They do. Coexisting conditions. Women with ADHD have been shown to be more often diagnosed with anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, personality disorder than men have. But men with ADHD are more likely to be also diagnosed with schizophrenia, substance use issues. Okay. And and do we both get treated the same? Because me and James are on the same meds, but generally, is that normal? Because I know I'm quite manly. <laughs> um. Yeah, they went, oh, you look manly. Absolutely. Yeah. No. <laughs> again, again. Great question. Have you two been on a course? <laughs> in general. So in general, yes, the treatment is the same. But, and it is a big but, James, female sex is increasingly seen as a risk factor for clinically relevant adverse drug reactions, as they call them, ADRs, with women having a, a one and a half to even 1.7 times higher risk of an adverse drug reaction, which means lots of different things to, frankly, any type of medication for any kind of medical issue or illness. And some people think that is inherent sexism in the system that no one's been checking properly. One recent review of studies found that overall, both girls and women with ADHD were significantly less likely to be prescribed pharmacotherapy, the medicine, than boys and men with this disorder. The difference is far less pronounced in adults, but it is there, and it's almost certainly a cultural thing. In terms of effectiveness, one study examined the efficacy, how well it works, uh, stroke effectiveness of methylphenidate, that's the Ritalin one, in adults, and showed a slightly lesser effect of ADHD medication in adult women compared to adult men. Slightly less. In a study of children and adolescents with ADHD, girls uh, responded less slightly less favorably to dexamphetamine than boys um it it was a 51 percent had a favorable response in in women and 79 percent in men if you want that kind of boringness a separate study found uh also found a less effect of dex and liz dexamphetamine in females when adults but that's really interesting I know, yeah, it's really interesting and again it might be because of how it presents culturally or the problems people have with their ADHD might be cultural rather than the main three biological factors of ADHD, which the drugs help with. They don't tend to help with the other ones as much. Interestingly, you know, within the framework of science, (laughs) a couple of studies of the the non-stimulant medication, um, the atomoxetine one, have suggested that that may work better on women than men. So one one study showed that women given atomoxetine consistently had larger treatment effects than men for emotional dysregulation and social life, what we were just saying. In a longitudinal study on adults with ADHD, that means long over long time. The scores on, on one of these 
uh, scales for adult uh, ADHD attention, one of the ASRS type scores, increased significantly more in women with ADHD than in men with ADHD. Women improved significantly more on the subscales hyperactivity and impulsivity, emotional dysregulation, and on total score. So there is a tiny, tiny, weeny bit of evidence that women might benefit more from non-stimulant medication than stimulant medication. But I would still just go with what your doctor says. It, I think that's really interesting. The one thing I'll add just before we go to a break is that um, anecdotally, and, and this has come from <clears throat> a source I do trust, um, there is more screening out of women in the diagnostic process than there is men. So often you may hear people say that they're out there on the waiting list. And then after six months, you have a meeting with somebody. You don't really know who. And they ask you some questions. And then you either get a letter, Sam, we can hear that. You either get a letter um, saying uh, your next appointment will be X or, or you're off the list. And in some cases, as much as 90% of women are being screened out at that point, Jeez. which is significantly higher than men. And again, it's this systemic and cultural um lack of understanding of adhd right then we'll go to a break now oh no we won't because alex didn't put his oh. hand up i just wanted to say well why isn't there an international men's day <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly sam celebrates it right um yeah we'll go to a break and we'll be back in part two bye alex hi right. what's up hello governor Welcome back to episode 102 Dalmatians, the sequel of the ADHD adults we are talking about in part two, ADHD in men and women. As always, we're, we've got personal reflections of men and women or ADHD or both of those things or something. Um, I don't know how we do this. So James, you're half a man, half biscuit. What are your personal reflections? <clears throat> half man, half biscuit. I mean, that's the 90s. I'm sure that was the 90s, wasn't it? Half man, half biscuit. It was, but as you've referenced Jeffrey Boycott in both of my radio. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, cl clearly, clearly there is a massive bias that exists in society, in education, in the healthcare system for women and other groups, but we're, we're specifically focusing, up, focusing on sex slash gender in this um, episode. There is a massive bias against women from getting picked up in school to getting referred from the GP to getting screened out when you're being referred to getting a diagnosis to getting on the right treatment. This, you know, whether it's my justice sensitivity or whether it's the fact that I'm married to something that approximates a woman really mm -hmm. fucking annoys me. And, and I think as part of what we do as a charity, I think we really need to, to kind of work on this. And I think as, as, as a, as a group that has, you know, some status in the field, we probably need to do more, through social media, et cetera. But, you know, there's enough change that's needed for ADHD. Clearly, we do need to have more legislative protection. We do need to have more education. But this is kind of, if not equally as big an issue, is more of an issue. Because if you think of all of those women who've who've probably more than men had that hard life, there's not a ding that I wanted there to be. Um, you know, because they weren't picked up as children, because they struggled to get support for menopause and at the same time struggled to get support for ADHD. It's an absolute fucking shit show and it has to change. And I actually think that NICE, the National Institute for Clinical Health and Excellence, that write the guidelines upon which diagnosis and treatment are based, really need to fucking look at this 
they need to look at when they update they need to look at the evidence in men and women more than just mm. the evidence for adults and for children it needs it needs big studies Al, and we've talked about this before at the minute. Nobody's really funding ADHD research. The charities don't have enough money to do it. The government's funding schemes aren't interested yet. I think as it becomes an issue and as the NHS starts to, to struggle to pay for this, as it already is, there will be more kind of um, medical research council or National Institute for Health Research um, type funding for this. But until we've got those big studies, the NICE guidelines won't change. And until the NICE guidelines won't change... GPs won't, and other healthcare professionals won't be able to um, better support women. It's something that really fucks me off um, as a, one of those kind of pretend, I am a feminist, not that I really understand the term fully, but I'd certainly advocate for women. And therefore, for me, my reflection is that I always talk about how I come from a position of privilege. And actually, this has fucked some men off when I've done it at talks. They've come up afterwards and said, I'm a middle-aged white male. I'm not privileged. And I've tried to explain that it's not the same thing. We're not all privileged, but we have privilege by being a demographic that that doesn't have the same challenges that other demographics have. And as somebody that acknowledges that privilege, this needs to change. Sam, what about you? Uh, well, yeah, all the things, obviously, I am a woman. And um, I talked about this a lot. I think I don't know if I have or not. So <laughs> I might repeat myself a little bit here. But yeah, when I was very, very young, I mean, obviously, I'm hyperactive. And and, and did when I was at um, nursery, was really hyperactive. And, and I've talked before about how I was I was hit for that. So I learned to um, push it all internally and became a daydreamer. So probably maybe didn't present classically as a female initially, but then did because I became a daydreamer. And, and it, when I pushed everything inside, it made it even more kind of hyperactive inside. And and all my life I was treated with um, anxiety and depression, like you were saying that, you know, it's commonly done because... I didn't know what it was and I masked so well because you do you don't you kind of have to hide it you've got to you you think that there's something wrong with you and you just want to and I think there's so many pressures on women as well to be a certain way that you do mask you do pretend that you're coping and that you you're doing all the things and that you're not feeling all the things that that you are so I think eventually then when everything went to shit when I got to perimenopause I'd masked so well until then everybody was like well, why would you need a diagnosis mm. like there's nothing wrong with you and nobody had any idea about the way that I was struggling internally um and it was hard I think for me Ding. to differentiate between the perimenopause and ADHD because a lot of the symptoms are similar you know you've You've got the brain fog, you've got emotional dysregulation, you've got a lot of the things that are the same. So it wasn't until, and it took me two years to get on HRT. So it wasn't until after I was treated on HRT that I realized that it solved a lot of things, but it didn't solve anything. Anything? Everything. I've forgotten what I'm talking about now. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, but oh, yeah, no, the thing I wanted to say, sorry, I should have prepared for this, but I didn't. The thing I wanted really? to say was, I did, I did mask really well and I coped really well. You don't get to my age without having some coping mechanisms. But during perimenopause, I lost them all. And before perimenopause, I would not have been diagnosed 
because I wasn't struggling in two or more areas of my life. Uh, yeah, I was masking, but outwardly I wasn't struggling. I was getting by. So I think it's probably worth, I, I speak to a lot of women that say, I, I, don't, I don't think I'll be diagnosed because, and should I? And actually, this is a good question for you two. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm all over the place. A lot of women come to me and say, I'm not struggling in two or more areas and I'm masking so well that I don't mm. present as having ADHD. What should I do? Should I lie and exaggerate? And it's a really difficult one to answer. James. I, the first thing I'd say is we obviously have poor metacognition and we may think that we may think that we may think that we're succeeding. And I, Alex always says to me when I say, well, I wasn't struggling in two domains. And he says, you fucking were, you idiot. Yeah, you, were, yeah. you had massive mental health issues. Your work was killing you because you were saying yes to everything. And although you weren't externally failing, I was struggling to engage with work. I hated doing work. I had massive debts at home. We were, you know, up and down at times as a couple. And I was struggling Ding. with, you know, very good. And I, was, and I was struggling with engaging with tasks around the house. So sometimes, again, sometimes getting an external viewpoint. If you've got a partner that lives with you, um, asking them, you know, about how you cope. If you've got a friend at work that you can confide in, asking them about externally what you appear like. But think about the internal things. It might not be that you, you – I got two promotions externally that looks like dead successful but internal i was a fucking hot mess that hated myself thought i was shit was making loads of mistakes yeah that's it redefine what struggling means to you have a look at what success means what is the cost of that success internally that's the question you should be asking yourself how much do i have to give mentally and physically to achieve that and and what's going to happen sorry i was just wondering as well because we get so so good women I, I presume more than men, but I don't know. We get so good at hiding our struggles mm. and pretending that we're doing really well. I wonder yeah. if that translates when we're doing the ASRS that we're just not used to admitting that we're struggling. And, you know, that's a really uncomfortable mm. thing for us to admit. And we're used yeah. to pretending that we're doing well. I mean, that could be the reason it's not as good at all in women as it is in men. We've talked before about how the mind-wandering scale, the muse, might be a more effective test for inattentive women. And it may be that women are more able to accurately verbalise their mind wandering than they are to fill in the inattentive parts of the ASRS. Alex, what are your reflections? All of that, really. Yeah, um, there's loads I could say on on the the what is there is a male privilege. There is, it, and it's not about equality. It's about equity hmm. because at the moment the system is equal. But the barriers faced by women are different to the, the ones faced by men. And we've equally removed the male orientated barriers. So that isn't mm. equality. It's, and we need equity. We need to start removing the barriers for women. But because I'm a man and this is personal reflections, I just want to point out that I and have been told off for this before. But I genuinely think that with racism, sexism and ableism, we need to include classism. Mm. I think that the one of the real problems in society is that we don't recognize that working class is a seriously inequitable position to be in and the three of us know full well what that fucking feels like to grow up in an environment where you're not you haven't you know got loads of money and you haven't you don't have the like family connections and you you just i i am 
working class. <laughs> Not. <laughs> but it was. Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a mansion, Sam. Told you. It's a castle. And it's, a, it's just a big, big dungeon with a shed on top. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, you know, I was and I grew up. And I, you feel it, don't you, inside you? It never goes away. No. You look for the second cheapest bottle of wine to look posh. That's what you do on any <laughs> restaurant. And And I think that we need to deal with that because it's actually a bone of contention and people are getting, especially I know men, working class men are not getting any support and mm. everyone's going, well, aren't you privileged? And they're thinking, well, fuck, I don't feel it. In yeah. fact, I feel really, really poor and I can't afford dinner. Uh, can somebody, you know, where does my privilege come? Does it come through the roof? I mean, do, do I if, if they're working class, they probably wouldn't say dinner unless they're on about lunch, would they? Oh, they'd probably say lunch yeah. and tea if they were working class. That shows how middle class you are, that you are... Dinner. Dinner. Oh, there, yeah. I have to... I, I've literally chosen to change. Yeah, we know. I changed my accent, didn't I? It's pathetic. Can I, can I, can I add something? I, for, I forgot. Because obviously I've come across as very much... Let's just support women there's something i think is really important to acknowledge if you look at our the demographics of people that engage with us the podcast is roughly 50 50 male and female but on social and media and draculas on social media it's 80 percent women and 20 percent men mm. and what that suggests to me is that men are probably less willing to publicly be seen to be engaging in a social media channel or a charity that is involved with something that is considered to be associated with mental health and that also has to change men have oh. to men have to create a safe space for men to talk about these things the the joke that i do about erectile dysfunction is, but you know what you know the talks i do Oh, you know oh your tiny little wee talk. Yeah. The, um, I don't like to talk it's about it. I, I do an erectile dysfunction joke at those talks. It's based on a real event that happened. And I had one man that came down afterwards and said, thank you so much for, for, for saying that, because I, I can't ever say that in front of my friend. That would be me forever being labelled as, you know, floppy Dave or whatever. His name wasn't Dave, obviously, or, or, or whatever. And I think it's really important as males that we don't just create a safe space for women, but we start changing the fucking toxic masculinity, can't talk about these things approach. You're right. And James and I tease each other all the time, but what we don't ever do is block each other from texting and talking mm. about uh, emotionally important things. Yeah. It, whatever I'm feeling, I'll text James and actually uh, I'll talk to... Jack about it, I don't, and and some of the other people on in Team ADHD, men and women, and that was really, really hard, <laughs> difficult to do f from the, the background of keep calm and carry on. You mm. know, my parents were war war generation, and the the I started to talk emotionally with them and my dad, and that is really, really difficult as well. And but it's incredibly valuable, and I know that they fucking hate it. I think right. that's that. Oh, can I just say though that's it's a really it's a really good point. I think when you feel that you're marginalised, like women can feel like like we are, you we then are, yeah. do group together and support each other, don't you? And you become mm -hmm. this really good. We're really good at kind of you know holding other women up, and yeah. and I don't Ding. think men are. No, 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 and they want you know, to. Ding in the, yeah. um, I th yeah, I don't think I don't think men are and are probably scared of doing that publicly. That's a really good yeah. Well done, James. Thank you. Yeah. Have we got time? Anyone fancy a game? Yeah.
Oh, not? I don't think so. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Well, it's tough, Alex, because you don't get a choice in this. Right, right as winning usual, easily. You're nine, you're nine oh. seven up for the year no for the calendar year. So, as funny how I haven't forgotten this year, isn't it? That I'm winning. No, I'm winning. I always yeah, know the final score, and I haven't either because you're fucking ahead. <laughs> Right, so it's about fags. Um, I uh, obviously I'm still smoking at the minute, and I brought mm. some cigarettes back from holiday, and uh, this was just yesterday actually, and I lost them, and it took me ages to find them, and obviously I'd put them in a stupid place. So which stupid place did I put my cigarettes? There were three options, Alex. Had I yeah. a put my cigarettes in the fridge? Had I two put my cigarettes in the drawer in my office that is labelled laminating pouches? And had I, toi, put my cigarettes in the um, first aid bag we've got for medicines? Um, I think that it isn't fridge because... Your fridge is absolutely rammed with blood. <laughs> Those like pouches you get from the hospital. And I think continuing the theme, it's not the first aid bag because that's just full of garlic and crucifixes. <laughs> crucifixes? I don't know how to pluralize that. Mm. Awkward. So I'm saying <laughs> laminated pouches draw. I can only assume it's kangaroo related. Look at his smug, shitty little face. Look at it. Yeah. Was it first aid? It was first aid. It was, it? It was first aid, yeah. And I only oh. found it because I, I wanted to find oh. some antiseptic you know cream. Like... Is I couldn't think of something funny about a first yeah. aid, a laminated pouch drawer. So I you couldn't... didn't think of anything funny about any of the other things. <laughs> oh, eviscerating that is, that is eviscerating Alex that's 9-8 I'm catching up I'm coming after you and in part 3 we will do top tips or something related tip topics welcome back to episode 102 of the ADHD Adults Podcast. This is part three, where we'll be telling you our top tips on ADHD and males and females. James. That was was actually pretty spot on, wasn't it? Honestly, I can't believe it. Um, right, my top tips is my top tips is, is. Fucking, uh, is, what, is what is your top Alex, tip? What are? Did, so when I do something like that, Alex, is your instant response look like burning inside? Kind of, I can't believe he said that. I don't like bad grammar, or is it? Oh my god, that's brilliant! He said something <laughs> incorrect, and I can exactly. therefore. You know the my, my favourite thing about the grammar pedant Nazi thing mm. is that I genuinely believe that uh, language is an organic yeah. media. And, and however you use language, whatever you, grammar you use, whatever uh, dialect you use, if you get, if you communicate your point and mm. the person receiving it understands that that is, that is language, that is grammar. Other people's rules don't matter. They're bullshit. Apart again, from James. Again, welcome to Boring Grammar, the podcast with Dr. Alex Connor. Um, getting back to my top tips. Um, yeah. So again, I'm gonna... shut up. Um, be prepared to be prepared to fight you know for our community fight for our community and what that means is men advocate for women and that's men in general that's men in the workplace that's men in education that's men in uh, the nhs and other healthcare providers advocate for women if you're a healthcare professional that's involved in screening alex i can hear that in screening 
um, in, in screening, diagnosis, referrals, stop and think. Educate yourself about the fact that men and women present differently and may require different treatment. Educators, advocate for girls. You know, if, if a colleague, if, if you raise a, a suspicion that a girl in the class may have ADHD and you get the kind of typical, well, no, they're, they're not a boy running around, then educate the person you work with equally. And we've talked about this before. One of the problems with children getting diagnosis is that you have to have issues in two domains. Kids only have two domains, home and school. Yeah. And therefore, if the school report says, no, no, they're they're daydreaming, maybe a bit daydreamy, but they're quiet and they're not disruptive, again, advocate for them actually if you if that report's being made educate the person that's writing it saying you do know that adhd presents differently you know it's not just about are they running around and being disruptive so so everyone really needs to read learn and advocate for i mean all groups that are important but especially for women when it comes to the the, diag the pre diagnosis diagnosis and post diagnosis journey and then equally guys men out there Let's let's just fucking stop all this bullshit about you can't have a mental health issue. You can't be neurodevelopmentally divergent. You can't you can't talk about issues around sex, toxic masculinity, the Andrew Tate, if you like, generation of men that think it's cool to talk about how women are subservient and how cool and tough and hard you are. That's kind of fine, you know, if you if you're a psychopath. But in general, what you're doing is you're Hello. stopping you're you're stopping other men <laughs> from being able to say, I need help. There's a reason that, that the demographic that has the highest trigger warning clacks on suicide rates is men aged 45 to 49. And I know that viscerally because, as we all know, my mental health ain't so good. And I'm, I'm lucky enough that I can open up. Imagine if you can't. Yeah. Imagine if you're in that demographic and you can't say to somebody, I feel sad. Men, we need to change this. Yeah. Uh, Alex? It's a good one, this. So, so life's, life's like a race from the bottom of a skyscraper to the very top. And it's really hard. Wherever you Ding. start, whichever floor you start on, it's fucking difficult to run up a skyscraper. So if you're halfway up, it's a fucking long way. And you're competing against people who've only got a couple of floors to run up because they were born mm. privileged. But to not acknowledge that some people start right at the bottom, aren't even let in through the doors, is to deny the existence of privilege. But figure out what your privilege is, and then here's the tip. Exploit it mercilessly. Exploit it. If you're a white woman, exploit the fact that people don't treat you uh, with, with racism. If you, if you like me, if you might, maybe I was working class, but, but I'm a white man, I, making sure that you exploit that. And when you've exploited it, when you feel powerful, when you feel successful, fucking acknowledge it. It's mm. okay. Because you've got to work really hard to be successful. You have to. You have to run fast up that skyscraper. Then we have to acknowledge it. If you don't, you're going to be a dick and you're going to block people. The very people that need that leg up, that need their barriers removed, you're going to block them. So it, as soon as you have power, as soon as you feel safe enough, it, then, then you can support people. Then you can be generous. You've got the capacity for that. And if you aren't, if you haven't got that capacity, if you don't feel supportive... You know, talk to people like us who who are lucky, who have been lucky and privileged and got up to the... Well, James hasn't. James isn't allowed to the doors <laughs> because of a, a couple of incidents. We don't need to go into them. I can, but I can just it. I can turn into a bat and, and float up. <laughs> that's true, yeah. That skyscraper, yeah. so...
And I wish somebody teach working class boys to cry because I can't, and crying is incredibly fucking. I mean, hard. you probably can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that joke's really too far. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, we. I, I wish. I wish I could cry, and, it, and it's physically. I reckon it's such a block, and it's such an unhealthy blockage. And I hate it. I hate that I can't because it's healthy. Sam, tip topics. Yeah, what is pretty. It? What I'm yours. Pretty similar to to you guys. Actually, be honest. Be open. Tell people that you're struggling. It it doesn't help anyone to to keep it inside. I know that you want to appear yeah. like you're yeah, maybe that like you you're coping and that you. But what it actually does is it then stops other people from opening up as well. The more that you open it up, the more Ding. that other people feel that they can open up. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, the more we talk about it, the more other people can. Because one thing I've noticed is that being an oversharer as I am, at work, I will tell people everything. And the amount of people that you think have really got their shit together that will go, <laughs> actually... Yeah. I'm exactly the same. And it allows this space then for people to open up and, and actually acknowledge that there are problems going on. And if you hide it, it's really difficult then to get help for it or to get help for the right thing because you're not you're not talking about it. And also, I wanted to say, if you're like me growing up in a family where everybody had ADHD, I just presumed that it was normal. And sometimes you've got to look outside your circle to try and judge whether you know you are um, coping with life the same as other people and also prepare for perimenopause you think yeah. shit's bad now it might get a lot lot worse and you, you know you're going to need a lot of support um during that time so yeah it's really difficult it's like adolescence but on speed but not on speed <laughs> you haven't got the speed you need speed <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> that, was, <clears throat> that was brilliant and mainly because it was slightly shorter than normal anyway and <laughs> um, we've given up on product recommendations because no one's no one's got the time to actually find one so that was episode 102 of the adhd adults podcast where we talked about adhd in men and women if by miracle you enjoyed this why not support the charity on the link provided because otherwise alex is going to have to rent his head out as a pom-pom for the shittest cheerleading squad ever as usual, get in touch via Discord, the socials. See you next time. Bye. Bye, all.